0: river Bank, we believe you can heal, grow, and fulfill God's plans for your life as the power of God touches you through this prophetic teaching by Pastor Dominion. Get excited and hop into it. This evening we will be looking at f- keeping your spiritual fires. Say so keeping my spiritual fire. I hope you caught some fire during these retreats. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Keeping your spiritual fire. Ephesians chapter six, verse ten to eighteen. Ephesians chapter six verse 10 to verse 18. Please open your Bibles. I want us to look at this one together. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to verse 18. Thank you, Lord. Say, my life would not remain the same again. keeping your spiritual fire Ephesians 10 6 10 to 18 it says finally my brethren be strong in the lord and the power of his might he says and put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to resist or stand against the wiles of the devil now i want you to realize that he says that you put on all of these things so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil the wiles of the devil means the lies of the devil so what the devil wants to do to you is that he wants to lie to you have you ever caught the devil in one of his lies to you if you think the primary role of the devil is to tempt you to do the wrong things you are wrong the bible calls him the father of liars In fact, the translation says, when he lies, he speaks his native language. So we know the devil is a liar. But have you ever caught him in one of his lies? I'm teaching you on keeping your spiritual fire. And here's what I'm putting to you. The reason why you became cold is because you allowed the devil to lie to you. It's not because he is powerful. It's because he lied to you and you believed him. So if you're going to keep your spiritual fire, the primary thing you need to know is God's word. Verse 11 says again, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist the lies of the devil. Meaning, the armor of God is knowledge. And the fury that of the enemy are lies. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? The armor of God is what? The armor of God is what? So yeah, knowledge is power. Knowledge gives us the ability to resist the lies of the devil. Listen again. The reason why you became cold is not because the devil is powerful, but because he's a great liar. Praise the name of the Lord. So the Bible says you should put on the armor. You think the armor is to fight against the powers of darkness and all of those things. But the armor is to be able to resist, to expose the devil in his lies. And whilst you might see that in the book, in the Bible, my question is this. Have you caught the devil in any lie he has lied to you? Verse 13, he says, therefore take on the whole armor of God. Say the whole armor of God. I hope you are looking at your Bible. Say the whole armor of God. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You will be able to resist in the evil day. I told you the devil will come and attack you. Remember? Do you remember? I hope you did not say God forbid. (laughs) Because it's right there. He says that you take up the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you might be able to resist in the evil day. Meaning the evil day will come and if you have enough information, you would resist the devil. Now look at this one. He says, and having done all to, and having done all to, so, I take up the whole armor of God, I'm able to resist in the evil day and having done everything, I will be found standing. This is how to keep your spiritual fire. He says, take up the whole armor of God so that you can resist when the devil lies to you on the evil day. And when you have done that, you will be found standing. Those that do not have knowledge, when the evil day comes, they will fall for the lies of the devil. And that's how their spiritual fire will go out. Take the whole armor of God That you might be able to resist on the evil day. So there's going to be an attack. There's going to be a day you don't feel like praying. There's going to be a day where you pray and you will not feel it. There's going to be a day that you would probably fall for temptation. There's going to be a day where you pray for the sick and you will not see them healed. There's going to be a day when things will not go the way you want. You take up the whole armor of God. You take up enough information that on the day that things don't go the way you want it to go. Or things do not go the way you want them to go. You'll be caught praying. You'll be found believing God. You'll be found saying God is faithful. You'll be found believing what God said he would do in your life. When you try it and it doesn't work. You'll be found believing the promise of God. Praise the name of the Lord. When you receive a prophetic word and it doesn't happen the way you were told. If you take up the whole armor of God, you'll be found standing. It says, having done all to stand. Verse 14. It says, stand therefore, having guarded your ways with... Are you with me? Let's go from verse 13 again. Therefore, take up the whole armor that you might be able to resist in the evil day. Meaning, listen, listen. Meaning what I'm teaching you today, you will need it on the day of your trial. On the day that things are not going the way you want. So, Let me start by establishing that things will not always go the way you want. That the things that God has said, you won't always see them. God told Elijah, He said, Go and tell, He said, it's going to rain. Go and tell Ahab it's going to rain. Elijah prayed and told his servants, Go and check the sky. The servant came back and said, I saw nothing. I saw nothing. I saw nothing. How would you handle it when the things that God says he will do, you don't see? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need God's word. And then down in verse 14, he says, stand therefore. This is how to keep your fire. He says, guard your waist with truth. With what? With the belt of truth. What does that mean? It means that you must know enough of God's word to be able to help yourself on the evil day. Hmm. you must know enough of God's word to be able to help yourself. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, it says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also you believed, he says, you were sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise when you heard the word of God. So he says, guard yourself with the word of God. This scripture I just read, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, just talks about when you heard about what God has done for you. He says, in him you trusted after you heard the word of truth. When you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Ghost of promise. So when he talks about truth, he talks about the word of God. And it's interesting that he calls it truth because what the devil comes to tell you is lies. The devil doesn't tell truth. God's word is truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The devil doesn't tell truth. God's word is truth. How do you know what truth is? What the word of God says is what is true. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? You can have a dream. Your dream, how do you know if your dream is true? Does it align with God's word? You might get a prophecy. Someone might come and tell you, oh, this is what I saw. This is what God said I should tell you. How do you know if what they are saying is true? You ask yourself, did God's word say it? Praise the name of the Lord. You might feel in a certain way But how do you know if it is from God? Did God's word say it? Statistics is not the word of God. One in every five million people is not the word of God. (laughs) One in every five businesses fail in the first five years. It's not the word of God. Are you hearing me? 50% of marriages fail in the first five to ten years is not the word of God are you hearing me all men are the same is not the word of God are you hearing me the devil doesn't tell truths And statistics is not the prophecy of your life. Popular opinion is not the prophecy of your life. Guess what? Your history and what you've done in the past is not the prophecy of your life. The Bible says, sanctify them by your word. It says your word is truth. Meaning God's word has the ability to change your life. You might have a past that you are not proud of. But that's not the prophecy of your life. People might have told you, that's how your grandmother ended up. That's how your auntie ended up. That's how your mother ended up. Well, that's not the prophecy of my life. Sanctify them by your word. Meaning God's word can separate you from the crowd. Are you hearing me? The devil is a liar. And if you believe his lies, you're going to get what you believe. So here's my question to you this evening. What do you believe about your life? What exactly do you believe? What do you believe about your spiritual life? Do you believe that the fire you caught in this conference is going to die in the next four weeks? Maybe that's what has been happening to you. Hmm, It's not a prophecy of your life. Maybe the wrong people are always coming into your life. But that's not the prophecy of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Maybe everything you get, every good thing you get, you You lose. But that's not the prophecy of your life set them apart by your word how can you keep your spiritual fire how can you keep standing it says take up the whole armor guard yourself with truth you must believe differently if you're going to see different results Did you hear what I said? Hmm. You must believe differently. You must believe that after this retreat, the Spirit of God is going to be walking in me. I'm going to be partnering with the Spirit of God to keep the flame alive. You must believe it. You must believe that everything that God has said that I will do, I will do it by His Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? That I'm not going to lose this divine timing. That I would always be in step with God. What God wants me to do, He will find me doing. That's very important. <coughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So he said, Stand therefore. Having guarded Your waste with truth. So he's saying that God's word must be how you guard yourself. There are many opinions on the streets, and many of us have adopted the thought pattern of the people on the streets, the ideologies of the of people on Twitter, on TikTok. That's how you think. He says you must guard yourself with the word of God. You must sieve the thoughts, the things you believe. And find out if they are consistent with the word of God. Sieve the things you believe and see if they are consistent with God's word. So everything he listed in the ammo was just him explaining what God's word is, what he, mean, what he meant by God's word. <clears throat> he says, still verse 14, haven't put on the breastplate of righteousness. So if you are going to stand... He says, you must put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15. And having showed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What does that mean? That God is at peace with me. If you are going to maintain a life of fire, you must realize that God is at peace with you. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Spiritual favor is more it's easier than we think it is. So let's say you feel like you haven't been praying for a while. Well, God has not left you. The Holy Spirit has not left you. You say, but that's how I feel. Yeah, I get it. It's how you feel, but it's not the truth. Because your feelings can be influenced by the devil or by ignorance. Ignorance. So when you feel tempted, is that the truth? Is that what God wants you to do? It might just be the devil. It might just be the devil. And it could be ignorance. (laughs) You think you like somebody and then when you eventually know who the person is, you're like, ah, nah, 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 nah. Nah, (laughs) ignorance are you hearing what I'm saying so you might feel like God you know has left you maybe because you've not been praying or maybe because you've not felt that stay but what does the word of God say He said, I will send you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. He says, and he will stay with you forever. Did he lie to you? So the Holy Spirit is burning inside of me, even when I don't feel it. Do you hear what I said? And the Holy Spirit does not need warm-up to burn. He doesn't need warm-up to burn inside of me. So, maybe I've not been feeling, I've just been draggy, cold, you know, rusty in my spiritual life. But the truth will set you free. When you realize that there's such a stare inside of you. That the Holy Spirit is burning inside of you. And you can just step into the water and flow with the Spirit. He doesn't need warm up. He doesn't need warm up. Are you hearing me? He doesn't need warm-up. So, listen. (laughs) What happens is this. When we have lost our spiritual fire, one of the reasons why it takes a while for us to get it back is because we believe it should take a while. Because we believe it took a while to get to this place. So it should take a while to get back to that place. (laughs) But the Bible says something. The king, king Saul in the Old Testament. One time he came among some people that were prophesying. And just by coming close to where they were, he began to prophesy. He didn't need warm up. Why? Because the spirit was poured upon them. There was grace to prophesy. So, without any prior warm up, he just began to give prophetic words. Give prophetic words. Until some people ask, Is Saul also among the prophets? Is he a prophet also? It means you can catch fire today, and people will be surprised by the time you return. Because his partnership. With the spirit of God. It's the work of the spirit in your hearts. And your partnership with him. He doesn't need warm up. You are the one that is warming up. I hear what I'm saying. You are the one that is warming up. You can just allow for the expression of the spirit. And you just flow. Because it's always ready. Saul in the Old Testament did not need warm up. He just came and he wasn't even planning, he wasn't going for a retreat. So it wasn't like he was like, I'm trusting God that today I'm going to step into a prophetic dimension or nothing. It's the work of the Spirit in your hearts. So the Spirit is coming in full force. We are the ones that take time to open up. For example, let me give you an example that some of you might be able to relate to it. You see some people that maybe have done something terrible. Maybe a sin. And they're like, I don't feel like God has forgiven me. And they're praying and fasting and they feel like he's forgiving them gradually. You know, but he has not totally forgiven them. You've seen something like that, right? But you're like, in him, you have forgiveness of sin. <laughs> so, they would have received full forgiveness. The full experience of the forgiveness. If they stayed with the word of God. The spirit of prayer is the work of the spirit in your heart. And your partnership. I'm saying that you can live here with a burning desire for God. If you agree that he has placed it in you. I'm teaching you on how to keep spiritual fire. And I said, your key to maintaining fire is the word of God. You have to believe what he says. So on the days you wake up and you feel cold, you allow the word of God to inspire your next move. That there is a boiling stream of of favor inside of me and I choose to step into it today. Are you hearing me? Hmm. There's an inferno of spiritual fire in me. Anytime you catch yourself as if you are going down the downward spiral in your favor journey, just remember that there is an inferno of fire in you. Because the gift and the callings of God, he will not bring them back. He won't call them back. Meaning the fire he gave you is still in you. Are you hearing me? It's still in you. The dimensions of God you have touched are still in you. Because his gifts and his callings are without repentance. It means if he gives you a gift, if any gift has worked in your life before, it is in you, active in you. He's waiting for you to acknowledge. Praise the name of the Lord. He's waiting for you to acknowledge it. Let me show you something. Philemon chapter one, verse six. Whoosh! Thank you, Lord. Say thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. I'm reading from the NKJV. It says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. Are you there? Alright, read from your Bibles. 1, 2, go. All right. He says that the sharing of your faith might become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing you have in Christ. It's a very complex rendition of what the text means. But here's what the text means. It means that your share in Christ, what you have in Christ, Becomes effective, you are able to leverage on it by the full knowledge of it. That's what it means. That when you know what you have, when you come to the realization of what you have, it becomes effective in your life. So, what if you knew that you carried spiritual fire? And it's not something that you have to walk, 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 climb up the ladder to get. (laughs) Because what happens with us working for it is that at a point we are convinced that, ah, ah, by now, I should have stepped into another dimension. Which is what is happening with the person that believes that God hasn't forgiven them, and the more they pray and fast and beg, he's now forgiving them even more. Is that their effort is convincing them that God is doing something. And that's the same thing that's happening. But what you have in Christ becomes effective when you know it. When you come into the fullness of your knowledge, of the knowledge of what you have. So what am I saying? You have spiritual fire. Know it and walk in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Know it and walk in it. You must know God's word and know what he has given you. So he talks about the breastplates of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. He said, Your shoe sure with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All of the things he's saying is this. He's just showing you that God is with you, that God is for you, that God is not against you. And if you know it, you would walk in continuous fire. What if you knew that God was not far away? That you have to, you know, get into the depth of God like He's far and you have to reach him. What if you knew that God wants to be close to you and God is close to you? He's not far away. He's not far away. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's not far. He's not far away. So you can just walk in it. So, watch, what are you to do every day? Every day, you have to remind yourself. About how amazing God is. And how close he is to you. So let me give a few practical examples. Let's say someone is caught in a habit. And you're trying to overcome. What do you do? You must remind yourself. That the desire for the right thing is in you. The irony of overcoming habits is that you have overcome. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. That's the irony. That you are trying to do what you have already gotten. So you stand in the freedom that you receive. You are strong in the Lord (laughs) and in the power of his might. So, look at the things you are trying to overcome in your life. There could be habits of sin, there could be things like anger, impatience, prayerlessness. How are you going to be burning for God and loving righteousness, hating wickedness? By recognizing that God has given you self-control. What if you knew that you could control yourself when you were angry? I'm not saying you're controlling yourself yet. Are you hearing me? That's the habit you're trying to break. From your your spirit hates it. Let me tell you something. When you want to burn for God, you want to be serious for God. You know it's easy to look at some people and say, ah, these people are very serious for God. God makes them excited, but I'm not that way. That's a wrong way to see yourself. You should see yourself the same way you see them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me show you a few scriptures. Why should you believe that? Ezekiel chapter 37. Thank you, Lord. Ezekiel chapter 37. I read from verse 25. Actually, Ezekiel 36. I don't know why I said 37. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. Are you there? Are you there? Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25. He says, I would sprinkle clean water upon you and what would happen to you? Oh, you're not opening your Bibles. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and what will happen to you? I will sprinkle clean water upon you and what will happen to you? He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you will be clean. Hmm. Oh God, I'm struggling with this habit, this dirty, stinking habit. What should I do? He says, Hold on. I, the Lord, will sprinkle clean water upon you. And you'll be clean. What is the solution to someone that is struggling with a habit? Struggling with drinking. Struggling with smoking. And the person wants to be clean. Struggling with masturbation, pornography, stealing, gossip. He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. And what will happen? You will be getting clean. If you are very serious, you become clean. Hmm. Maybe you are always anxious. He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. And you'll be clean. Meaning, you will look like what I want you to look like. There will be nothing about the devil that will see inside of you. He says, I will cleanse you from all your filthiness. <laughs> Did you see that? Are you looking at your Bibles? He says, I will cleanse you from all your filthiness. All your filthiness. Everything that is not consistent with godliness. You know, sometimes we think there's only the bad sins that is filthiness. No, no, no. Filthiness is anything that is not consistent with godliness. So, Your laziness, your lack of enthusiasm to pray, lack of motivation to read your Bible, whatever is not consistent with God, he says, I will cleanse you from everything. But what does the devil tell you? He says, you have to work on this thing. And then you, you are busy working on it. Meaning, you believe that you have not been made clean. But what does the truth of God's word say? I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you will be clean. He says, and I will wash you from all your filthiness. Meaning, anything that is not consistent with God, I washed wash it out from you. But you, that the devil has lied to, you believe that this thing is still in you. How can you stand? You must believe what God has said about you. So, this lukewarmness to pray, is it consistent with the will of God? Is it consistent with the will of God? He has washed it away. This lack of excitement about the things of God, is it consistent with godliness? He has washed it away. But the devil has lied to us and made us feel like we need to do something about it. No, God has done something about it. Hmm. He says, I'll cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. The things you love be beyond God. Let me tell He's not talking about something that you want graven image in your room that you bow down and worship. With. No, anything you have exalted against God, above God. Something that you, 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 you love so much. You love God, but you love this thing too much. You struggle to, to, to do away with it. Even though it's not consistent with the will of God, it's difficult for you to let go. He says, I will deliver you from it. Do you see that? So what if you realized that you are actually free from the things that are not consistent with godliness. And then verse 26. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Glory to God. So now he says, I'm going to give you a new heart. I call it the propeller of compliance. The motivator for obedience. Are you hear what I'm saying? The prod for godliness. It inspires spirituality. He says, "I will give you a new heart." Meaning that the seat of your desire, what what sponsors what you like and what you hate, he has changed. He says, "I'll put. I'll give you a new heart." And I'll put a new spirit within you. He says, I will take the stony heart out of your flesh and give you the heart of flesh. So what God is doing is that he's putting in you what is consistent with his will. So instead of you looking at yourself as someone that wants to overcome, he wants you to look at yourself as someone that has overcome already. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It makes a world of difference. It makes a whole world of difference that you look at yourself as someone that has overcome. Verse 27, he says, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. He says, you will keep my judgment and do them. So what's the Bible telling you? That God has made you a new person. A new person that loves the right things. In First Corinthians chapter 5, I think verse 14, he says, no we Know we no man after the flesh. Meaning, listen, stop looking at yourself from a human point of view. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? It's a wrong way to see yourself. It's a wrong way to see yourself. Stop looking at yourself from a human point of view. Start looking at what God said about you. I call it confidence in the unseen. Meaning, stop believing the things you see. Start believing what he has said about you. Praise the name of the Lord. Say, I believe the testimony of the Lord. Say one more time, say, I believe the testimony of the Lord. Now, when you believe these things, your story changes. The reason is this. These things are going to be the things that will help you when the devil comes to lie to you. Are you hear what I'm saying? These are the things that would help you. When he comes to lie to you, you just realize, ha, that's a liar. Thank you, Lord. God is for you. God cares about you. God loves you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God cares about you. You are close to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are close to God. And so, when the devil brings everything that he wants to bring, I want your conviction about God to not change. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Hmm. He says, and above all, taking the shield of faith, he says, which which you are able to quench the fury that of the wicked one. So you are able to quench all that he has to do. He says, and the helmet of salvation, I've talked about that. Then verse 18, he says, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit. So when you have gathered all of this perspective from God's word, then you pray. Do you see that now? When you've gathered all this perspective from God's word, then you pray. When you have seen yourself the way God wants to see you, that's when you go and pray. This is a challenge with people that think that God has not forgiven them and they are going to pray. They will be praying for God to forgive them. But when you see from God's word that he has forgiven you, you will be thanking him even if you don't feel it. I hear what I'm saying? You will be thanking him even if you don't feel it. When you know that the spirit of God that sponsors favor is at work in you, you'll be thanking him for favor even when you don't feel it. Do you see that? Because he says, if any man thirst, let him come and drink. The promise for everyone that is thirsty is that he will fill you. So, if you feel like, oh, I need some favor," you must just realize that he has abundance and he has supplied it to you. And so, you thank him and that's how you receive. You receive with thanksgiving. He say, praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance. Let me say this. If you are going to pray always, like the Bible says, there are two things you have to do. You have to have regimented times of prayer. Meaning, when do you pray every day? When do you pray every day? When do you pray every day? Do you personally pray every day? (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are going to pray always... You must have regimented times of prayer. So for you, when do you pray every day? You must have that. You must have that. If you don't have a time, you can pick up your phone now and set a time to pray every day. Set an alarm. When it goes off, realize that's God calling you, that he wants to talk to you. Hallelujah. And then you should also pray sporadically, meaning at the spur of the moment. The both of them are important. The both of them are important. A man of prayer, a man of spiritual fire, has regimented times of prayer and prays sporadically. He doesn't only pray when there's a, there's a, there's a desire to pray. No, 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 no. When it's time to pray, he prays. Let me teach you something. If you're going to be a person of prayer, your regimented prayers would make you have more sporadic times of prayers. Meaning, if you pray, if you have a scheduled time that you pray, and you stick to the scheduled time that you pray, you will pray more. You'll find yourself just praying. You'll just sometimes say, Saga Bakata. <laughs> mm. You just have those moments where the divine, the supernatural the, the spiritual world and the natural world will eclipse. But for you to have a regimented time of prayer, I mean it is when I pray every day, you must learn to pray even when you don't have something to pray about. You must learn to pray. So, when it's time to pray, you just pray. And the truth is this. You will actually stir up more spiritual fire if you pray like that than if you just have points you have to pray about. Because what happens is this. You are open to the Spirit of God to lead you in any direction. It's good to have things you pray about. Right? But you should also have times where you just you are just open to the Spirit of God To lead you in prayer. Are you what I'm saying? You're open to the Spirit of God to lead you in prayer. So when it's your time to pray, just open up your hearts, pray, and allow the Spirit of God to guide you. He will guide you into the will of God. Are you what I'm saying? He would guide you. If every day you can do only five minutes or ten minutes, start from there. Don't go and start from one hour. Or three hours. Start with something simple. Let me tell you the, the trick about praying, right? Start with something that that encourages you. If you know that ten minutes is encouraging to you, then you can always tell yourself ten minutes is not long. That's 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 where you should start from. From start with a time that you can say is not long, because it helps you to pray consistently. And that's the goal. Pray always. And you know what I'm saying? Don't pray. Don't start with something that is a burden to you. That you want to run away from. Start with something that you can say, it's not long. Let me just do it. I'll soon be done. Do you notice that's how the Muslims pray? (laughs) It's not long. I'll soon be back. Let me just go and pray and be back. Start that way. I get it, your dogu used to pray two hours before. <laughs> but start like that. Then after a while, you can increase it. So the new is not long. Are you what I'm saying? Always move to the next is not long. Some people, one hour is not long. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not long. So you must always do that. It helps you to pray. Let me tell you something else. You can break your prayer time. Some people want to pray one hour. But why don't you pray 15 minutes four times every day? That's still one hour. I know that there's the religious pride of I pray one hour streets. <laughs> but you can do 15 minutes, it's not long. So you start from there four times every day. Oh my goodness. You will realize that 15 minutes four times every day is so powerful your own favor will surprise you. Because it, 15 minutes is not long. But then, when you start flowing in the things of the spirits and you start seeing the result of, you know, the spirit of prayer, you're like, is it this 15 minutes four times every day? That's producing this result, yes. So, some of us can keep 15 minutes four times every day. We are trying to do one hour stretch. And that's why it's difficult. You're not competing with anybody. Oh. <laughs> you're not competing with anybody. Let me tell you something. If you do 15 minutes four times every day, you realize that you can continue where you stopped the last time. All, after a while, you realize that you can just get into the flow easily. So you are, it seems like you're continuing where you stopped. So you are still doing, as it were, the one-hour stretch ish, but it has been broken because you are. You, I mean, you you stop and you continue from where you stopped. From hey, it's it's a stretch. I hear what I'm saying? Exactly. These are simple hacks that help you because he says, pray always. And then he says something else that you have to look at. He says, and being watchful, we've talked about being watchful, he said with perseverance, so it's not going to be easy. Alright? And then the final thing is supplications for all the sins. Listen, if you are not praying for believers, <laughs> Um, your prayer life would not be what you want it to be. There is something about praying for the body of Christ. About seeing what God wants to do in your city that changes your prayer game. You know what I'm saying? There's something about praying for what God, opening your spirit to see through the lens of the spirit what God wants to do in your city. What's to do in your local church? and praying for it. That changes your prayer game. He said supplications for all believers. If you, are, if you open your spirit to what God is doing in your local church and you're praying concerning it, you will keep your spiritual fire. Have you been blessed this evening? Alright, rise up on your feet. I want us to pray in tongues for a bit. I know that you're tired already. But I want us to do one more spiritual activity and then we are out of here. <laughs> are you ready? Say, Heavenly Father. No, be your mouth. Say, Heavenly Father. My spirit is opened. Oh my goodness. I want you to do this with focus. Because what I want us to do is to give prophetic words to people. You know the reason why? Because you're a person of spiritual fire. And prophecy is easy. Miracles are easy. Words of knowledge is easy. Words of wisdom is easy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the Spirit of God in you does not need warm up. Remember? Remember? So say, Heavenly Father. Don't get distracted. Say, Heavenly Father. My eyes are opened. My ears hear. My eyes see. My spirit is alive. And my spirit is open to receive all that you have to say. I can hear all that you have to say. I can see all that you have to show me. And I'm able to edify the saints. I'm able to edify the saints. My eyes are opened. I want you to be very conscious because for some of you, this is where the miracle is. Say, my eyes are open, my spirit is receptive, I have seeing eyes, and I have hearing ears. I'm able to give.